Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookie Radio. God, I almost said Weeby Geeks. Wookie Radio. <laughs> it is Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. We are the Smugglers 3. How's everyone doing? Besides me being brain good. fried. Pretty good. Yeah, but you have a reason. You've been, you're still re- recovering from the little bit of rain you got the other day. Oh, yeah. It's just a light drizzle. Times infinity <laughs> well like we said um last issue or last episode that it's beginning to look like camino outside your door yeah and that is sung to the same tune as it's beginning to look a lot like christmas it's beginning to look a lot like camino <laughs> <laughs> um yes all right i got i got one hidden up my way next week possibly it, well, wow, that's got to be a big one to come your way. Pro- problem problem with that one is every sporting event has been asking about about it because they start off singing, Jose, can you see? <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well the, done. Uh, where's the cricket sound? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, thank you, folks. <laughs> Have a good night. We'll see you next week. <laughs> um, and Mike will be here all week. Who, who bailed him out of the Imperial Stockade? I told you I wasn't stuck in the Imperial Stockade. I was stuck in the inside the the asteroid slug. Why are you trying to say you want to put him back, Ken? <laughs> Any more jokes against him? We may need to. I have a really bad feeling about this. Um, I, I'm just, <laughs> I say let's go ahead and get started, shall we? Um, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Star Wars Rebels, the fourth and final season, as we all quite frankly know. What? Okay, I'm I'm actually excited about that because we're going to actually see the way Dave Filoni um, does things when he has a plan for the way he's ending it. See now, now I'm starting to get a little upset because um, this said uh, this came from a press release from Lucasfilm. I'm supposed to be yeah. on that press release, and I don't have it. Huh. Yeah, the way it's written here on the story, it looks like a press release. So I might have to contact. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to contact. Find out my contact and go. How do I get back on y'all's press release list? Yeah. Um. Anyway, from theforce.net, which also found out this week, the Force Cast is back. I'm gonna have to take a listen again. See if it's. Yeah. Anyway. Um. The following press release from Lucasfilm has fans questioning the new Star Wars Rebels, um, or at least the launch schedule. It shows Rebels returning Monday, 
October 16th at 12.30 a.m. and then continuing to air throughout the day at four other time slots as shown below. So, here's the presser. Uh, the fourth and final season of Star Wars Rebels premieres Monday, October 16th on Disney XD. The Emmy-nominated series Star Wars Rebels returns for its fourth and final season beginning Monday, October 16th, 12.30 a.m., then airing again at 3 a.m., 7.30 a.m., 5.30 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Disney XD and the XD app. The, the one-hour episode marks the beginning of the most important mission yet for the Ghost crew as the series draws closer to its grand finale. In this final season, the Ghost crew joins the growing Rebel Alliance struggling to u- unite against the Galactic Empire. However, when a new Imperial threat arises on Lothal, Ezra leads the crew back to his homeworld to defeat the oppressive forces of the Empire under the command of the cunning Admiral Grand, Thra- Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay, dyslexia kicked in big time. Um, <laughs> my dyslexia is actually words, not letters. I know it, it is a, a true form because I also have it. It'll flip paragraphs too. Weirdest thing. Anyhow, back on track. Old friends are united and new alliances are forged as the series builds to its epic conclusion called Rogue One. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're <laughs> heading. That is where we're heading. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is created by Emmy Award winning executive producer Dave Filoni, uh, Academy Award nominees Simon Kinberg, and Emmy nominee Carrie Beck. The Lucasfilm Animation Production is executive produced by Filoni and Kinberg and co executive produced by Emmy nominee Henry Gilroy. Uh, the returning cast includes Freddie Prince Jr. as Kanan, Vanessa Marshall as Hera. Love to get her on the show. Uh, Steve Bloom as, or Blum as Zeb, Tia Sakar, or Sirkar as Sabine, love to get her on the show as well, Tyler Gray as Ezra, D. Bradley Baker as Captain Rex, David Oyello as Callus, which he would be awesome. Uh, actually, any of these folks would be awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Van- Vanessa and Tyra are on, are on top of my list. Um, Forrest Whitaker as Saul Guerrero. Lars Mickelson as Grand Admiral Thrawn. God, I want him as well. Warren mm. Davis joins the cast this season as, as Ruck, Ad- Admiral Thrawn's deadly assassin. Before Season 4 premieres, catch all of the Star Wars Rebels episodes from Season 1 through Season 3, available anytime on the Disney XD app, beginning Thursday, September 28th. So, now, this has caused a fan uproar. Oh my god, it's on at 12.30 in the morning. The only people up then is is all the pizza delivery folks who, who are just getting off work. I can't believe it's going to premiere so early. You know what? you got four other times afterwards to watch it. I'll be taking my daughter to school, r- rushing home to, to turn on Disney XD and start it over at 7.30 in the morning because she's got to be at school at 7.30. And I will watch it before I go to work. But you know what? If you have the Disney XD app, you could probably watch it within the week before it releases. And sometimes yeah. on demand, you could watch it a week before it releases. So who cares? And you know what? Bite me. <laughs> what this does, though, this proves that um, Disney's fi- Disney is one of the channel- first channels, it seems like, to actually take into effect and um, realize that people don't just watch it on TV anymore. They're acknowledging that the people who want to see this show are not always – it's not appointment television. There's no such thing anymore. No. 
back in the day growing up, like um, if a show was on, you actually you knew a, like weeks ahead of time the one time it's gonna be on and everybody sat around the TV and watched it when it was on. You get what? Maybe I don't have any numbers in front of me, but I'm assuming like 25-30% of people who watch TV still do it that way. Everybody else watches it whenever they get time to sit around and do it because the um, DVRs streaming um, in any other way you can think of to watch. Yeah, right. I always DVR it. That way I can fast forward to the commercials. See, I don't, I don't DVR it anymore because I've got the app. And being yeah. a Disney cast member, I have free access to the app without having to have a cable subscription. So, so I nice. watch it. I watch it then. I mean, the, the app's available to me anytime. If I happen to catch it on demand, I watch it on demand. I, I, yeah. But I still DVR it. And half the time I DVR it just in case there is a delay with it appearing on demand. Yeah. But this, but this is no different than what they did with DuckTales. DuckTales, they did the same thing. Oh, it aired five times the day it premiered, and then it aired another five times the next day, and then it aired another five times the next day. I mean, what they're what they're doing is guaranteeing that um, the target audience for this being younger kids, since it's on Disney XD, well, not younger, the um, older um, kids, though, like the preteens and things like that, guaranteeing that they're going to get a chance to see it. Because yeah. a lot of times, they may not be streaming or something. They're just, the TV's on in the background. So when it, when this pops on, they're going to have the TV on. So you run it over and over again to make sure the, mo- the largest audience gets a chance to see it. Yeah. But... Like I said, the fanboy, all the fans criticizing. Well, um, a friend of mine who is got a lot of great ties to Lucasfilm and to the Star Wars uh, universe. I will not mention their name to protect. Well, not necessarily to protect protect them. I, I just don't want to unwillingly drag them into it. Uh, but I've heard this said from other people as well. There, the Star Wars fans' worst enemy is Star Wars fans. You can't please the fans no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, Disney's ruining Star Wars. Okay, they're ruining Star Wars. That's why Force Awakens, Rogue One has produced great numbers at the box office. Well, the St- Star Wars um, Force Awakens is still, at this point, the highest grossing domestic box office ever. Including, uh, if I remember right, well, no, I think there was one that beat it if you adjust for inflation. But other than that, it is the highest grossing film of all time. The top book at Marvel is Star Wars. It's not their other franchises that made the company. It's mm-hmm. Star Wars. And I believe, I say that- and I believe of, of the franchise, the franchise license is the top light is doing better than the normal Marvel license of their own Marvel characters. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I see this as um, they say that Star Wars fans are the worst. They, no, that what it is, is um, the Internet has the one thing it, that it's brought everybody together. Like we were able to talk from across the country and do this show weekly. And we become friends, and we live hours and hours and hours apart. <laughs> but um, when it has allowed that and allowed all the fantastic things that it's opened up for us, it's also opened up um, and given the very, very small vocal minority a big voice. They look yeah. like there's a whole lot more there because um, the right. squeaky wheel gets the lube. So the, the people that are out there complaining and screaming, those are the ones that, pe- that people hear. The guys that are raving and loving it don't get um, don't make it into the these stories that people are covering. And that's because, I, in, in my opinion, 
the the Star Wars social justice warriors are are bigger trolls than and, and tend to drown out the voice of, of the fans who really care who, who really don't care that Disney's involved or whoever's involved. Yeah, because the love is for the franchise itself. I would say your average Star Wars fan, the ma- the majority of average Star Wars fans, you give us a good story that's in the Star Wars universe, and we're happy. Yeah, I don't care who's making the movie, who's the well, I care who's making the movie and who's directing and all that stuff. But as long as they give me a story that feels like Star Wars, that's all I want. Right, and, and, and then go ahead. ever since you know. Ever since Disney took over Lucasfilm, uh, what have we gotten? We've gotten more Star Wars. We have our movies, more everything. We have gotten we have gotten that video game or that backstory we always wanted with Rogue One. Right mm-hmm. to to hear oh it, it kind of, this is kind of how it went down to actually seeing how it went down. Oh my we're god, getting, we're getting we're getting a Star Wars movie every year. So how is that? You know that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean they took away Clone Wars and gave us Rebels. I mean, w- will there come a time where we're going to go? Okay, Star Wars every year is a little bit much. Can we make it every nope. other year? Nope. There may be that day. Nope. Well, the test for that will <laughs> as, be this As spring. I'm being overruled. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first test for that will be this spring with Han Solo, only, uh, what, five, six months after um, yeah. Force Awakens, or yeah, the, yeah. Um, Last Jedi. That's going to be your litmus test to see if um, it has the same power. Can, can the franchise sustain two movies within six months? Yeah, but what about episode nine? It's going to be a year after that. Well, now actually, uh, that's um, uh, it's not a year after Han Solo, but that's a but um, Derek has that. That's that, that yeah, called we, a transition. Just... <laughs> Come on, was that what that was? Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, my segue had a flat tire. <laughs> it, there, it was doing circles in the parking lot. There was a little Canadian bacon with that transition. <laughs> well, that along was, with that the, was along with. The, Along with the German soldier. <laughs> so, uh, never mind. I was going to say something, but I won't say it. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. So, if anybody wants to as, know where he was going with that, listen to Keepers of the Fringe. Yes, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Gee, shameless plug. No, we don't. We don't do that on this show. As, as we also mentioned, DC Superpowers podcast, Geekwatch One, We Be Geeks, and Mighty Marvel Geeks. <laughs> no shameless plugs. All oh, fine no, no. podcasts. All fine podcasts that you should listen to. So after you <clears> finish <throat> this episode, yes. Um, where were we? Oh, yes. Segway transition. Segway. You know, I've always they they do segway toys around Boston. I've always <laughs> wanted to. Tra- oh, sorry. Um. Anyway, <laughs> follow that mouse droid right down to the next story. <laughs> so. You may recall uh, recently we discussed the uh, how should we put it nicely the uh, transition of directors from episode nine as uh, Colin Trevorrow was given the boot parted ways <laughs> as or, he parted or, ways with or as they say or as they say in Canada given the boot the boot the boot sorry boot that it's, um, it's a little bit the boot. <laughs> So so that's been covered. We won't get into that whole mess, but uh they there were some names bandied about about who could replace Trevor and uh and we, hey, we gave our share 
fresh air as well, as Chris on Keepers of the Fringe duly pointed out. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so Lucasfilm decided to go back to the well that they've already tapped, and they brought back J.J. Abrams to write and direct Star Wars Episode Nine. Okay. Uh, but, the, but the key thing is, I want you to touch on this. We already know about it. You, the listener, probably knows about it. Let's just go ahead and confirm. We we said originally episode nine was going to come out a year after, roughly a year after Han Solo. Is that not the case anymore? I was getting to that. Okay. <laughs> 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 well, first, uh, first, that only change. <laughs> first, let me just say this uh, about the J.J. Abrams thing. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy said, "With the Force Awakens, J.J. delivered everything we could have possibly hoped for, and I am so excited that he is coming back to close out this trilogy." So, sure. <laughs> with that, however, comes a scheduling change for Episode Nine. It was, as you know. Originally coming out on May 24th, 2019, but now it has been pushed back to December 20th, 2019. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chewie, but that's just the way it is. Oh, he was laughing. <laughs> uh, Variety had reported that Disney had already been looking to push back production from February to June. And the release date would likely move even after how quickly the studio found a replacement director. I wonder if um, they already had one in mind. They already had J.J. in mind when they got rid of Trevor. Possibly. Quite, quite possibly. This actually is not a big surprise because J.J. did the same thing for The Force Awakens. He said he needed a little bit more time and, said, and held to his guns and said, hey, give me a little bit more time and we see what we got. Right. So, in addition to this news, uh, Lucasfilm also confirmed that Chris Terrio would help co-write Episode Nine with J.J. Abrams. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, that is because he's done some work in the DCEU, oh. uh, including nah, including writing uh, Batman versus Super. Co-writing Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. The and, flop of justice. <laughs> hey, and, it did pretty good in the box office, no matter what everybody thought of it. That doesn't mean it was a good movie. Hey, people like to see trainers. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Hence why American <laughs> Idol's coming back. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Terry, Terry also did screenplay for Justice League, which we can't uh, comment on yet. And is expected to return for Justice League 2 as well. We, now, we could comment on, but wouldn't be further, Ken. We, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ken. <laughs> so, of course, we'll, we'll find script, out here in a couple months. Yeah. The script was passed around for to several people, including Colin Trevorrow. Uh, but Lucasfilm was unhappy with him. Jack Thorne took a shot at it, uh, who did uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. However, both men have now left the project. And uh, if you're a little nervous about Terrio after uh, the flop of justice, which I don't blame you, <laughs> uh, you can keep in mind that he's done more than just superhero movies. He won an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay for his work on Argo, which was a good movie. That was good, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 
and it was it was his time with Ben Affleck that convinced him to take on David Goyer's original Batman versus Superman script. Uh, so he didn't actually write the original script; he just did the screenplay of the story. Right. So uh, you know, it might it might not be all bad, and JJ's going to be co-writing him with it. So then, then he'll learn how to do him co-write properly. <clears throat> JJ studied under Lawrence Kasdan, remember, for The Force Awakens. Yes, who he co-wrote the script with. Elliot says, now it will be Abrams' turn to settle Terrio into Lucasfilm's expansive franchise and pen a story that will resonate with fans worldwide. Basically, don't mess it up. I so guess this, one way this is it. interesting because um, it's almost like I don't think he's even the, they mentioned Trevorrow and um, oh what's where to go Thorne leaving the project. I don't think they were the first ones on this script. I think Lucasfilm is having problems with finding this script, finding what the story is now. Because I still say I still remember I thought Ryan Johnson was writing Episode Nine originally. Yeah, then when Trevorrow I... came on, I guess he was rewriting it with his writing partner, and then they brought in <laughs> Thorne to punch it up some. I. Think I think bringing in Thorne was the first clue that Trevor wasn't getting the story right. I think, and I think some of that may be Carrie Fisher's passing. Well, possibly trying to figure out what can we do now. Sad part in this whole thing was Trevor was given a a cameo in in uh, episode eight because of the fact that he's involved in episode nine. Yeah, (laughs) that was a waste. Cutting room cameo will be removed. Oh, speaking of cameos, did you guys see what Ryan Johnson dropped this week at this a convention over in Japan? Time. Just a real quick snippet. Did you hear what um, Ryan Johnson confirmed over in Japan? No. I guess um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a voice cameo in Episode Eight as one of the aliens. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, that could be interesting. interesting. Yeah. It was at some Japanese convention he was in, um, and he was saying that anybody with really sharp ears could probably catch him because he actually is in the movie as a voice. Yeah. Okay, really like sharp, it. really sharp ears means you got to get through all the processing. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure they're going to process his voice big time. Or maybe it's a clue you should look for an alien with really sharp ears. <laughs> we won't admit it. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so we we have Abrams taking over the realm. We have have it being moved back to December, which. Mm-hmm. You know, the episodic films should be in December. I agree, yeah. I'm Let's still ha- an old school guy that I think it should all be in May, kind of, but that's just me. Yeah, but you know. I'm looking for that, I'm looking for that um, drive-in movie movie. You can go to the Star, see Star Wars in the drive-in, it'd be awesome. Oh, I can still do that in December. <laughs> yeah, you can. I can. Yeah. There's no hurricanes in December. Um, yeah, go speaking, I, jinx yourself. But but yeah, you know, can, it's it's more like half for us. But you know, I would for this trilogy, it makes sense that each episode of this trilogy be in December and not go December, December, May. Yeah, let's do the standalones in May, and then if we get another episodic trilogy, which in many ways I hope we don't. I hope this wraps up that trilogy mm. or, or or this whole story arc. Um, not meaning we can't have whole new storylines with these characters afterwards, but the epi- right. I think the episodics need to end after nine. Which was the original plan for the franchise anyway, was there going to be nine well, depending films. On which, it depends on which interview you're talking to. Cause that, yeah, because I've heard up to 12. Lucas was even talking about 12 at one point. Yeah. 
Okay, so if we do another set of twelve, then then each each of the main cast gets well. I don't know. I don't know if the Skywalker story could go another three films after nine. It depends on who they who they're bringing in and who well, is of the Skywalker lineage. Because right now, you we're confirmed that Kylo Ren is a Skywalker, right? But technically, we're, but we're talking still carrying over this trilogy cast who who's still young enough. They could carry out another three films beyond nine. Yeah. But the question is, should we? Well, I don't know. Okay, I guess I'm being hypocritical because Fisher, Fisher and Hamill were are slated to be in these three as well, even though I, I don't remember how we, – we don't know how Fisher's going to be involved since she has passed away in yeah. episode nine. But we know Mark Hamill, chances are, is in the ninth film. Whether he has a Alec Guinness type role where he becomes a force ghost because he's killed in this one or what, but if the, if the if Kylo Ren doesn't get to him, I think the turtle nuns will. <laughs> he's just gonna choke on his pork dinner, his pork soup. You mean the turtle nunges? That 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 was that was very very pork. <laughs> So, um, Did you see the um, the site Roku Depot is actually uh, watching Star Wars um, podcast and keeping a track over um, how many pork references are in each episode, depending on w- what show you're doing. Oh, really? Are we yeah, listed? they actually have a tracker on there tracking pork references. Are we listed? I don't know. I'm not see. I've got to look through the site. I heard if about we, it. I've not got a chance to look yet. If we just keep saying pork, pork, pork. <laughs> yeah, I've, okay. I've heard a couple of shows do that. We could do like uh, we could do like the Smurfs. Only instead of Smurf, we'll say Porg for everything. What, what's the name of the site? Roku Depot. Well, while you're looking that up, um, Hasbro had an event this past weekend. Yes, they did. They did. Hascon 2017. Which it, I'm not sure where is Hascon at. You said it, yeah, up in your neck of the woods, Derek. It's down in Rhode Island. Oh, okay, oh, that was in Connecticut. No, it's Rhode Island. Is that the um, headquarters of the company or something? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not well, finding. I'm not finding the site. R O like R O K U U or something like that, or Q U E something like that. Okay. I had it at one point. Give me a minute. I'll keep looking. No, keep going. Okay. Well, Hasbro, and there's um, two major things that um, I got out of this, and um, one of them comes off JediNews.co.uk, and they actually got, um, from the Hasbro's PR team, they actually got a bunch of high-resolution pictures of what we got coming up for the Star Wars line of toys in um, uh, coming ahead. Uh, it says that the Har- Hasbro's PR team sent along a collection of high-resolution press images of various Star Wars projects that were revealed during the um, Hascon event. Uh, they have a series of three and three-quarter, or, or yeah, three and three-quarter basic line figures, Black Series six-inch figures, um, and in 2018, we actually have the return of the vintage collection toys, um, action figures, which then they have have five images of those the first one they didn't even mention here but they have four high resolution images of it looks like it's a collector's mask of darth vader yeah it's cool looking and it looks awesome actually looking at these high resolution pics these may actually be concepts for it but um you take and you take the top of the cowl off and you see the actual mechanical parts of the interior of the mask i think if i'm not if i'm correct that is uh they call it the uh the role the darth vader role-playing mask or something like that. Isn't it the okay. black? Isn't it like the Poe Dameron helmet? Is like the black series part of the black yeah. series? 
That I'm not sure of. I don't know, but this is definitely, actually looking at this, this is definitely artist rendering. This isn't actually a finished, this is just concept for the Darth Vader mask. Right. Just looking at the edges and stuff, it's either that or they really airbrush this picture, one or the other. Yeah. So, um, but next one, we actually get into the actual pictures of this. And the first one that comes up <laughs> is we get DJ from Canto Bite. We get, um, what's his name? Um, Antonio Banderas. Oh, Benicio Del Toro's character. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is still uh, known as DJ. So as far as we know, Ezra. that's the only name, Blaster. Actually, that, looking at the at the image there, that could almost pull off as an Ezra. I don't think so, but... Mm. But Next knowing, up we get, knowing, knowing the Star Wars fan base, no, that can't be Ezra because Ezra is Snoke. Yeah. Mm. Well, the next one we got, we get, uh, um, now these are the three and three quarter inch uh, basic ones with the force link technology inside of them. Um, next one we have is General Leia Organa with a blaster. Uh, the next one is Luke Skywalker with the staff, and it's called Luke Skywalker Jedi Exile. And so it's Luke in the robes of what we've seen while he's on Octu. Um, and it's interesting that he has a staff here. There is no lightsaber there, but right. we don't know. And, and his robes are short. They must have shrunk. Yes. No, no, no. He's gone back to the shorty robe from uh, um, New Hope. <laughs> um, the next one's an interesting one because these are all um, – this line is based on The Last Jedi, but we get an Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it is the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan Kenobi with the blue lightsaber. So that's Although, interesting. Is this kind of telegraphing that he may be in there, or is just a classic, just a classic figure that they're re-releasing? Yeah. We're not re-releasing a new sculpt and a new figure of Obi Wan Kenobi. Although his beard kind of looks like like dirt on his face. Yeah, it does. And the the beard doesn't look all the. That is really weird. Yeah. yeah. But, so um, the next one is a cool one because this one we get a, a new Luke or R two D two, but it's with the jets coming out of his legs. So he, so he they may actually show him flying in the movie if this is actually um, representative of R two in the movie. Yeah, but the, this is this is a variation of uh, the R two from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, because they had this exact same thing in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. But I know using I, it here, does this mean that possibly that we're going to see Luke or R two use the jets again in the Last Jedi? I want to say this potentially. It's got to be, um, but I think this is a slightly different sculpt. See, I've got, I have one, I have an R two with the jets. So I have to go check it out. Okay, because I don't well, remember him having the flames. But to continue, okay. sorry. Well, the next one up, we have Ray from the Island Journey. Now, these are all still the three and three quarter inch Force Link figures from Last Jedi, and it's Ray wearing, um, and she's got basically a um, robe, and the robe looks really weird and bulky on top of her. It's like mm. a uh, poncho over top of her. It's a rain poncho sorta, but she has her blaster and the lightsaber, and like I said, the rain poncho looks really, really bulky on her on this one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, the next one up is another one that is just, is this a classic figure or is this telegraphing that this character will be in the film? Because this character is another one that's been highly um, theorized and um, and speculated on as we get a Yoda figure. It's Yoda with his cane, but he also comes with his green lightsaber. And this one does actually, it's a classic Yoda sculpt. Yeah. So. But, you, but you know, with Yoda, it's... Um... If the if these are the characters they're bringing in because we're seeing them as force ghosts, I would love to have seen the, vo- the force ghost type treatment put on these characters. Yeah, 
I got to go to um, Walgreens to get the new Obi-Wan Kenobi Force Ghost. They have mm. the, uh, the Black Series uh, exclusive right now is for the new series is there's a Obi-Wan Kenobi Force Ghost that's exclusive to Walgreens. Okay. Three and a half or six one inch? That, six inch. But the next one we got up is the Force Link um, action, three and three quarter inch action figure three pack of um, Rose in the First Order disguise, but she comes with BB-8 and BB-9E. That's awesome. But she also comes with a blaster, um, and uh, it looks like a heavy repeating blaster or something that comes with a tripod that it sits on and stuff. Right. I want to get this for Zoe. I mean, she has a a BB-8 that we got from the parks, because you can buy a BB-8 in the parks in this size, at this scale. Um, But I would love to get this set. That way she has... uh, 90 as well. Yeah. Well, the one thing I've noticed actually with this Rose figure, and then we'll see in the Black Series figures coming up, it looks like the holsters that are on, that are just part of the sculpts on some of these, are actual working holsters so that her blaster she's got in her hand actually will fit in the holster on her side. Oh, wow. And the Black Series ones, once we get to those, you guys see the pictures of those, they look like they also are an open holster that the blaster that they're carrying could actually fit in it. Yeah. Because the next one we get to the six inch black series, and the first one we get is Captain Poe Dameron, which the blaster he's holding, tell me, it almost looks like the one Ray has in The Force Awakens, but not quite. Mm, yeah. No. It's very similar to the blaster he had in Force Awakens. Okay. But uh, her, there, hers is quite a bit different. Okay. Yeah, you can definitely right. see there that the holster looks like it actually will hold that blaster when if you don't have it in his hand. Yep, definitely. Uh, next one we get is the Elite Praetorian Guard, which is the guard with the halberd, the long um, staff with the blade on the end of it. And it, the, the Black Series, I've always liked the Black Series figures. I've not, I don't think I've seen one yet that I didn't like. Uh, they messed up the sculpt or something. The next one over, we get we got Rose in her First Order disguise with BB-8 and uh, BB-9E. Well, we get a um, Finn in the First Order disguise in the 6-inch Black Series. And he's holding, um, it looks like that um, oh. stud baton thing that the <laughs> Executioner Troopers have. Yep. So it so it looks kind of like a billy club with a fork on the end of it. Next yep, that's up, cool. we get, huh? That's really cool. The next one we get is Rose in, or Resistance Tech Rose in her um, tech jumpsuit with a uh, blaster rifle. And what is that other thing that's with her there? Is that supposed to be I a comlink or maybe a tool? I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. It's hard to tell. Might, it might be a tool. It's too big for a comlink. Well, yeah. Yeah, it could be a comlink, but it looks more like a. The way the tip looks, it looks like it could be a tool. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I um I keep mentioning what that actually comes with, because sometimes these figures, it's, for me, it's like what the accessories come with them it helps with the deciding whether or not I want to get this. Well, it does say resistance tech rose, so. Yeah, so it's pro- it could be a, a tool of some sort from working on something. Or some type uh, of scanner or something, or. Mm-hmm. And the next up, we get um, Supreme Leader Snoke. Yep. And this looks like actually the robes that come on him are soft goods robes. It's actually cloth robes that come with him. Yeah. I'm still not crazy about the gold. Yeah. Well, fancies himself an emperor, so. Yeah. And the next one is um, actually goes into the black or the um, vintage line of figures. You get the standard Stormtrooper. So these, I believe, are the vintage collection three and three quarters size. And the next five figures are the first five of the new wave of vintage collection. Now, vintage collection is it's the 
the old school figure on the bubble pack with the um with whatever the movie is logo and uh, just like the trim colors it looks uh, basically it's the kenner looking to- um figures or right. um toy packs and we got the stormtrooper we get um Jin urso with the blaster rifle and a um pistol and once again this looks like her pistol will actually fit in the holster on her side mm-hmm um, that's actually a, that's a, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because that's something I've not seen in these figures recently, but I've not been looking at the collectibles as much. So maybe they've been doing that for a while. I don't know. We get Kylo Ren with the um, with two lightsabers because you get the lightsaber extended and then the um, lightsaber hilt with it not extended. Uh, we get this looks like is that just a regular snow trooper or um, a rebel snow trooper or is that actually a character? I don't think that's actually a character, is it? I don't think so. It almost looks like Luke, but not quite. I think it's just supposed to be a um, yeah, just a uh, uh, a rebel snowtrooper. Which yeah. I we haven't had one of those in a long time, have we? Yeah. The original Empire Collection had two or three of them, I think, but that was way back in um eighty. So. And then the last one they have is um, Ray with her staff, except for this. And this is a Force Awakens Ray, but she comes with her um, the ve- the survival vest and the hood wraps that she had when she was scavenging in this um, in the Star Destroyer wreckage. So she's got the hood and the wraps and everything that fit over her shoulders. Right. And then it's back to the beginning. So that's the that's what they showed last week at um, Hascon for the new toys coming up for Star Wars. But something I didn't mention that they definitely have coming still is, um, and this is something they did definitely had plenty of it uh, on Force Friday was the um, the Force of Destiny figures. Well, we've seen the um, the first run of Force of Destiny uh, shows or shorts. They came out in July. We know that in October we're going to get eight new ones. Well, Hasbro announced that they are. They've confirmed a sec. I don't know if they're calling it a second season or another run of episodes coming in 2018. I think it's kind of second season. Yeah. Um, the Collector's Cantina actually was on this on Twitter at Collector's Cantina. They said hashtag Forces of Destiny update. Next eight episodes arrive in October, which everybody already knew, and then will be or and will then be on TV in compilation form with the original eight episodes also. So you'll get those sixteen in one long show as a compilation, and then it says all new episodes arrive in twenty eighteen. It says the reveal came um, this past weekend at Hascon, a convention. Well, we know what Hascon is. Um, so that was something they and I know um, for a lot of people that I enjoyed the Forces of Destiny. I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to looking at the next ones and um, seeing this coming on the horizon is a um, a great thing in my opinion. I don't know. Well, uh, Mike, your daughter, you have a daughter. What did she think yeah. of Forces of Destiny? Uh, she owns Sabine. She loves it. She loves the series. Um, what she doesn't know because one, she's not listening to the show. Um, she she will be getting between birthday and Christmas the rest of the Forces of Destiny Wave One figures or Adventure Dolls. Um, but I thought it was, but she, she's seen what's coming or at least the Kylo Ren, uh, Ray combo. And, and she's like, Ew, cause she really do- doesn't like Kylo. She's never met him <laughs> yeah. at studios. She, she's not, she's not a fan of him. She thinks, she thinks she, he's whiny, but still <laughs> kind of scary at the same time. She goes, why does he have to be so whiny and scary? Like, because he's the bad <laughs> guy. Um, and then, of course, they also showed, too, that there's going to be yet another R2-D2, but this time with Leia with the with the buns, basically the Star Wars Leia. And I say Star Wars Leia in reference to 
A New Hope, which I refuse to call it A New Hope because it was Star Wars when it came out, not A New Hope. Sorry, I'm, used I'm to calling old. it A New Hope at this point. It's Star Wars. <laughs> I, I'm old school enough. I'm going to stick to my guns. It's Star Wars. That's how I saw it at the drive-in. That's how I'm going to continue to call it. So, uh, but basically it's it's the, 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 the Leia with the buns and the white outfit. So we get another R2-D2 with Leia for that. This R2 better do something different from the R2 that we get, that you get in the uh, Hoth outfit in in this Wave 1 series. But I I know she's excited for it. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I know once she gets them all, she, she's going to be ecstatic and, and play with them. I mean, yeah. she... she if, if she doesn't end up playing with them, I, I can almost guarantee you I'm going to be finding some sort of display stand or box <coughs> for her to put them in so she can display them. Because, I mean, she she's proud of, of having these figures. I mean, yeah. she got she got for Easter um, a Jen and a K2SO, the, the Disney 6-inch. The Disney ex- – um, oh, what are those called? Not exclusive. Um and she is still they're the better version of the six inch figures because one they're they're metal so they hold up a little bit better yeah but she she hasn't taken them out of the package yet to play with it's like why well because I want to leave them in the package I'm like you're too young to be thinking about this (laughs) (laughs) we we can we can pull them out safely we'll we'll protect the packaging we'll keep the packaging and then you can play with them however you want. When you're done, you don't want to play with them anymore. We'll put them back. And I know there's going to be some fan, some listeners out there going, "No, keep it in the package." Keep, she's seven. I want her to play. I want her to have fun. Yeah. I want her to be creative. I'm forty and I still play. <laughs> That's right. So, so. Um, they do go on a little bit farther in the episode to um, confirm that we know. Um, for the second season of this, which is or uh, later in October, we are getting um, Finn in at least one episode, and John Boyega is coming back to play Finn, and Han Solo is supposed to be in one of the episodes. We also know that Hera is going to be coming to uh, the Forces of Destiny, and Lupita Nyong'o is going to be coming in as uh, Maz Kanata. So these well, are some of the characters we have to look forward to. She did the voice of Maz in, in the first run, too. Yeah, she's doing. Maz is doing the narrating, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But, but supposedly Luke is also coming as well because he's going to be part of the Wave okay. Two set. And nice. I believe, so well, I think we're going to see some of the characters that we've already seen. Most of the characters we've seen from season one or the first wave of eight, and we're going to see. I think whatever characters come out in in um, in Wave Two, we're going to see those stories revolving that as well. Well, the one I had was kind of a spoiler with what's coming up, but um, so if you guys want to skip ahead three minutes, that's fine. But um, it's been pretty much widely known that um, we do have an episode coming up that is a uh, um, it's the Han and Leia in on Endor with the Ewoks, but Hera's supposed to be in that same episode, which kind of mm. confirms that she makes it to Endor. Mm. Interesting. We know she ma- we know she makes it through uh, the Battle of Scarif, or at least to the Battle of Scarif, because the ghost is everywhere. Oh yeah, 
But um, and then it's all but confirmed also that Captain Rex makes it past there too because it's pretty much all but confirmed that they're retconning and making the old man trooper from Endor Captain Rex. Yeah, <laughs> Dave Filoni has teased that enough that he's, if at all possible, he will make that official canon. So um, it looks like Hera is definitely because they've already said the forces of destiny are canon. Or if they're not canon, it's um, they're at least going to use the same rules as they use with uh, the Freemakers, where if the characters are in it at that time frame, they are characters that are in the universe, even if this is not a universe story. Right. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, how about this for interesting? Um, with The Last Jedi coming in December, we have the start of the journey to The Last Jedi. And of course, Marvel's partaking in this as well with uh, the four-issue run of Captain Phasma. Um, StarWars.com had a chance to catch up with uh, Marco Cicchetto as he takes us behind the panels of Captain Phasma number one. Uh, the, the book just released uh, within the last couple weeks. It's hard for me to keep track because... My comic book shop is our, the new books didn't come out and get put out until Friday, uh, because of that little rainstorm called Irma. <laughs> it kind of mm-hmm. delayed things around here. There's um, no excuse. So, um, you know, we, we, we're, we're finally getting to see what happened, uh, to Phasma and her escape from the trash compactor. Um, and in celebration of the release, uh, StarWars.com asked Marco Cetto, the artist, uh, to take us behind the, behind the panels or behind the scenes of this first issue with his early sketches and commentary. Um, with page one, with Phasma, uh, this, is, this is his quote, and I, I love how this particular story is done. It's, it's an interview story, but it, it's slightly different. Um, page one. Uh, with Captain Phasma, I had the opportunity to work on every era of the Star Wars. Of Star Wars, um, Ob- Obi Wan and Anakin in the prequel era, Shattered Empire and the Screaming Citadel in the classic trilogy, and now in the new era of Star Wars. Uh, of course, with Phasma, page one was the most difficult page to do. I did it at the. I did it at the end of issue one. Um, we started with a big splash of Phasma, and I wanted to put a little Easter egg. The door behind her is actually the same door we saw in the trash compactor of A New Hope. <laughs> um, for page two, uh, or his second page that he, he truly... Uh, okay, page one was the most difficult. Okay, uh, Page two, I, I watched The Force Awakens many times. I loved it. I, I love it. To, to give these pages the same atmosphere as the movie, page two was my first page of this miniseries. I used it to study a lot of elements, Phasma, backgrounds, and also the new Stormtroopers. Here I studied with Andre Mosa, the color artist, a way to make Phasma's chrome armor realistic but not heavy to the eyes. Andre did a wonderful job. It was a great challenge, and I hope you will like the final result. And I, I love what they've done color wise what Andre has done color wise with the armor. Yeah. Um, yeah that's good. Page three. The story by Kelly Thompson is so intriguing and the script is so well written it draws itself. On this page we can see Phasma's cape is very useful and not just an accessory. Which is quite interesting as we see it deflecting a, a laser blast. 
Uh, yeah, it looks like flexible uh, armor almost. Yeah. Uh, page page four or five, which, God, I would love a copy of this. Actually, yeah. I, I, I kind of... I might just save this image because this is brilliant. Awesome. This would be great computer wallpaper, actually. Just go ahead and do that. Um, Kelly has the taste for um, spectacular scenes um, and knows exactly when the artist needs space to open up the scene. In these pages, I asked to draw Poe Dameron's X-Wing. When I want a, a precise atmosphere, I usually color some parts of my pages, as in this case, to help the colorist do an easier do an easy job. And the scene is... <laughs> I don't know where... Where do you go with it? Uh, it it's just absolutely... Actually, it is a scene directly out of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the edge of the trench run of him pulling away on the first trench run. Yeah, and, and again... Remember, he ran down and then had to fly out of it. And this is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then it ends with, uh, I'm not sure what this actual last thing is that they show pictured. Um, that may be the last page of the book or the cover, one or the other. It yeah, it looks almost like a cover. It almost looks like a business card or a postcard yeah. of some sort. Uh, uh, the size, yeah. Kelly and Andre are editors, Jordan and Heather, and it's Jordan D. White, who... Eric from Mighty Marvel Geeks and myself met at at Star Wars Celebration, and Heather Antos, uh, who we who we met briefly but didn't have a, a discussion with like we at all, like we did with Jordan. And I had a lot of fun with this book. I love Star Wars. I hope you will all like this miniseries too. Uh, Phasm- Marvel's Captain Phasma is on sale now, so. It is definitely worth checking out. It is worth picking up, um, especially if you're also getting the, the Phasma novel that's out as well. So, um, I am saving that. I'm saving that image. I really am. Doing it right now as we talk. Um, so, speaking of books, uh, the 19th. Starting, uh, coming out Tuesday the 19th, we have four books. Uh, it's the Star Wars Master Models. Uh, there's four different variations. There's Darth Vader, the Millennium Falcon, R2-D2, and Scenes. Uh, for Vader, bring the Dark Lord of the Sith to life. Build a foot-tall paper bust of Darth Vader, complete with audio, and learn about the man behind the mask, his lightsaber, and more. Ooh, that sounds fun. Um, I want to say, I walked by their booth many times. The models look cool, but I never really stopped to take a look because I'm like, okay, it's models. Uh, it's a book models. It, it's something I probably, I should have stopped. I really should have. <laughs> um, stupid me. But, oh my God, there's so much a celebration. There really is. And, and this, it, it was just hard to get to everything. Uh, I almost wish they would put the the actual vendors that are stores in one area and all the the companies in rows next to it so it's easier to find everything. Um, They've done that in the past and it made things so much easier instead of having everything all, oh, we're going to do along this border, three, four stores here, and then intermix it. No, just make it easier on everyone. First five rows is nothing but shops, you know, secondhand shops. Or, or your commercial or your internet shops. 
you know, and then do all your different vendors. That way it's just easier to maneuver around. Uh, second book is Millennium Falcon. Relive, uh, relive the Millennium Falcon's daring rescues and escapes as it aided in the defeat of both the Imperial Death Stars. Uh, then build the ultimate model ship complete with lights and sound. This book I am highly interested in. Because mm. the Falcon's my ship. Um, also is R2-D2, like we talked about. Give this little droid his due by following his many adventures as he saves the galaxy time and again. Then build the ultimate paper model, papercraft model of everyone's favorite R2 unit, complete with lights and sound. And then scenes. Go behind the scenes to discover the special effects magic that made three iconic Star Wars saga battles possible. Then recreate these moments in spectacular papercraft models. And then we have new comic book day on the 20th. Um, Captain Phasma number two. Learn the fate of Captain Phasma, captured by the Resistance and thrown into the Garbage Masher. Follow the chrome-adorned warrior from the site of the First Order's biggest defeat to the doorstep of the Last Jedi. Uh, Poe Dameron, number 19. Black Black Squadron is reunited once again, and together they share a common goal. The First Order must be stopped, but at what cost? Star Wars Annual number 3. God, I can't believe this is out. Um... The Rebel Alliance is on the lookout for a new secret base. Rebel leader Princess Leia goes with Han Solo to scope out a secret hideout only he knows, as well as the group of killers who want him dead. And then finally, Star Wars Adventures number two. In the second issue of a new ongoing comic series for young readers, a new original comic story sees Rey encounters a tough new enemy that may change the course of her life forever. Meanwhile, Yoda recounts a very bizarre story from his youth. So that takes us up through next week. And speaking of comics, uh, I f- totally forgot. I got a press release from, from Marvel Comics, actually. Let me pull it up, if I can find it. I hope I didn't delete it. Mm-hmm. Knowing me, I probably did. Oh, wrong email. How about this? This is the headline of it. Journey to a new planet with Star Wars The Last Jedi. Storms of Crate Number 1. It's a new adventure for Luke and Leia begins this December. Marvel Star Wars comics have pulled back the curtain on a, on fan favorite Captain Phasma, introducing the world to rogue, rogue archaeologist Dr. Aphra. Oh yeah, love that series. <laughs> and crafted stories that have enthralled fans across the galaxy. This December, even more secrets will be revealed when Marvel releases Star Wars The Last Jedi, Storms of Crate Number 1. Written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, um, who they are the ones behind the book, Star Wars Join the Resistance. And with art by Mike Mayhew, Star Wars and The Star Wars from Dark Horse. That was a great series as well, based on the original scripts. Oh, yeah. Um, The mini... The miniseries gives fans a look behind the curtain at one very special planet in the galaxy, the mineral planet Crate. Is this the one where we get the uh, the, the salt runners or the spice run- runners? That yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's the one with all the red the red dust. Yeah, uh, the walkers in the distance. Yeah. Um, in Star Wars: The Last Jedi, it becomes a battleground between the Resistance and the First Order. But that wasn't the first time Crate became a place where heroes and villains clashed in their fight for the galaxy. Luke Skywalker and Leia once took arms on Crate and led the rebellion as they searched for a new home. 
and a, and a new base for the Rebel Alliance. Tying into the eagerly anticipated December film, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Storms of Crate, promises to be new and exciting for all Star Wars fans, and a story that will change the galaxy as we know it. Uh, where it Excited for the opportunity to tell the story, said editor Jordan D. White, tying the new sequel series in the more tightly in more tightly with the original trilogy era and helping make the galaxy far away a little more fleshed out. The bins are a great fit for Star Wars, as they showed in Join the Resistance, and Mike did such a great work on the covers in the Obi-Wan issues of the flagship Star Wars title that we couldn't be happier to have him back doing art for us. Uh, find out what mysteries Crate holds for yourself when Star Wars The Last Jedi storms a crate. Hits the comic shops on December 27th. So there. What do you guys think? There's a lot coming out. Yeah, but this is, this is, this is going to be cool, though, getting a little bit more backstory on this particular book. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as we get close to to wrapping this up, any final thoughts? I got one. It's time to talk about Porgs again. Porgs! That's well, right. Uh, we what, are still what, flying. What does Porgs huh? have to do with this? Uh-huh. We'll find out in just a minute. <laughs> porgs, Porgs, um, Porgs, Porgs. <laughs> I think these guys may be able to fly a little bit better than he did because they're still around. But... Uh, we are still flying on Twitter at half a ship, um, tweeted out Ryan Johnson. Um, she said they were having a bad day and wanted some more facts about porgs. Ryan Johnson replied from at Ryan Johnson. It says they are seabirds. They cut their colors. Their coloring varies. The males are slightly larger than the females. They can fly at short distances and they're inquisitive. So they're just like any other bird on the planet. (laughs) They are. Guess what? The porgs are birds. <laughs> no. It was really? cool that he actually did put this up there, though, and um, gave a little bit. So he's been slowly letting little things here and there, like we said about uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt is actually in the movie here and there. He's letting out and putting out little spoilers that have nothing to do with anything that's going on in the movie, but it's still little details that people are getting, which is awesome. He's messing. With, he's not. He's not just messing with the fans. He's actually having a good time with this. Yeah, yeah, giving out little fun facts and all that. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of stuff like what this is. He's giving you the backs of trading cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tops needs to have him writing their cards for him. This is true too. Yeah, really. So, how about you, Derek? Any final thoughts? Uh, nope, I'm all thought out. Then I'm going to leave you with this little quote from Obi Wan Kenobi. If you define yourself by the power to take life, the desire to dominate, to possess, then you have nothing. And on that note... Do you hear that? Hear what? On that note... Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx! I can hold it! Pull up! No, I'm all right! Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!